Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right. It's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Dr. Eugenia Chang will join us to discuss the logic and illogical world. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world-famous question of the week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. Science show. Well, the world may seem like a bit of an illogical place, but is it a place for logic in an illogical world? Well, joining us today to discuss this issue is Dr. Eugenia Chang. Dr. Chang is a scientist in residence at the School of Art Institute of Chicago. She won tenure at Pure Mathematics at the University of Sheffield in the United Kingdom and has previously taught at the Universities of Cambridge, Chicago, and Nice. She has written extensively for a general audience to relieve the world of math phobia. Her popular books, How to Bake Pie and Beyond Infinity, have topped the bestseller list. And her recent book, The Art of Logic and Illogical World, explores this topic for a general audience. And Dr. Chang, we're very pleased to have you today on the Grok Science Show. Thank you for having me. There's certainly a fascinating book you've written here, The Art of Logic and an Illogical World. Why did you decide to write this book? Well, the political events of the last couple of years led me to really think about how I could best contribute. I always believe in looking at the things that you're good at and figuring out how to use them to make the best possible contribution to the world. And I realized that it was too important for me not to share that message. And in fact, I have to thank my art students at the School of the Art Institute because they're very socially aware and they really care about social justice. And that pushed me to use more and more mathematics to talk about social and political issues with them. And it brought math alive for them. And it also gave us all a great deal more clarity in talking about those social and political issues. And so I realized that it would be a book because I wanted to share it more widely. So how much can be brought to bear? I mean, certainly much has been made about the current climate being one that might be a little bit hostile to logical argument or even factual arguments. Can we draw from uh, logic per se? And then how can we apply it to actually talk to people about our views? I think that we can use logic to have much better arguments because logic and the discipline of mathematics come from a framework of making clear arguments so that we can reach agreement about what we're trying to say. And mathematics is very successful at that. And people in the world are less successful at that. And so this discipline has developed for thousands of years and it can be used very, very widely. And I think it should be. So one of the things that often happens in contentious arguments is, well, as we all know, people just start yelling at each other instead of actually trying to understand where their point is coming from and where the point of disagreement is. And unpacking careful logic of situations can help us find exactly where a disagreement is so that we can actually have a conversation about that rather than something further on the line or just everyone yelling at each other in a slightly futile way. I mean, is it difficult if one side is trying to construct a logical argument and the other side is not taking the same tact? I like to be very careful about claiming that one side is being logical and the other side is not. And that's the kind of argument, this kind of meta-argument that happens a lot where someone says, you're just not being logical. And I think what's true is that both sides are using their own logic 
and that we have to try and understand what the other person's logic is. And if someone is using ba different basic assumptions, then they will look very illogical to someone who is using a completely different set of basic assumptions. And it's not fair that one side calls the other side illogical or that the other side, then the other side will call the other side illogical right back. And we've actually seen this with fake news as well, where kind of both sides of the political spectrum are yelling fake news at each other. So uh, is there then a, a common basis for what we can agree as uh, being a logical argument? I think that what we learn from the map is that a logical argument has to start with some basic assumptions because logic says that we're going to deduce things from other things using logic. But you only ever deduce something from something else. So if you don't start with anything, then you can't end up with anything either. And I think that's often missing from discourse in normal life, we're not very explicit about what the basic things are that we're assuming. And it can seem pedantic when mathematicians argue things down to definitions. But sometimes it just is an argument about definitions. For example, if some people simply believe that all immigrants are illegal, and I've seen that happen in arguments on the internet, that, that great was a terrible argument. If someone really thinks that all immigrants are illegal, then there's not much point having a discussion about the nuances of immigration before we've cleared up the fact that there are actually some legal ways from the country. So in having a discussion with somebody, is, is it important then to like lay out the bases for where you're coming from? I think it is, or to find them. So it's fine for us to start with our opinions that we hold strongly and then to, to try and unpack them, to explain where they come from in a, in a more fundamental way. And so one example where this can go in different directions is if people are talking about social services like healthcare or education or something. And some people think that we shouldn't provide too much social services because that encourages people to be lazy and then we'll be giving help to people who don't deserve it. And other people think that it's really important to provide social services because there are vulnerable people who need help. And if we unpack that further and further and back, we can eventually discover that one group of people really cares, is really bothered by helping people who they don't think deserve it. And the other group is more bothered by the idea of vulnerable people going unhelped. And that's a question of false positives and false negatives. And once we've unpacked it all the way back to that basic principle, I think we can have a more sensible discussion about quite who we think deserves help and whether it's worth to help people who don't need it, which is a false positive, or to neglect people who really do need it which is a false negative. You know, arguments do get unpacked to that level, and then there's just a disagreement over, over the basic facts of, of the matter. Of if there's actually a disagreement about facts, now there can be a dis disagreement about the facts of whether we need to provide more social services. And I don't think that that comes down to facts, actually. I think it really comes down to opinions, because it's just a matter of opinion about who we think we should help and who we think we should not help. And if it were really down to facts, it might be just actual numbers of if we have a disagreement about, for example, how many people actually are homeless, then if it comes down to that, then we can go and try and do some research about it. Now, it's true that there are some people who don't believe in research and who don't believe in evidence. And those people are quite far away from being able to have the sensible logical discussion with us. But I think that there are, there are plenty of other people who really do want to be logical but who maybe just haven't quite got all the techniques necessary. Because, for example, it takes quite a lot of logical skill to be able to follow a long and complicated argument. And unfortunately, in today's world, there's a lot of sound bites and memes and tweets, and people are looking for a quick, punchy way to close an argument with a mic drop. And that doesn't give us 
typically enough time to make a nuanced argument. And if people are too prone to seeing in black and white all the time, as soon as you allow any nuance in, they can immediately jump to the conclusion that you're swinging one side or the other. But there are plenty of people who are trying not to do that and who want to do better at it. And I think those are the first people that I think that we can reach. And then there are also the people who don't agree with us about things, but who are being logical if we unpack things down to their definitions. And then we can have a sensible discussion with them and discover that maybe we don't completely disagree, but we're somewhere in a gray area where it's more a matter of scale rather than a matter of yes and no. So it's not a matter of should we have any social services or not, but it's a matter of what should we have, and then we can have a clearer, clearer argument about it. Then eventually, then there, we can, if we can persuade enough people to have better logical arguments, clearer, more unambiguous, with less yelling and less um, willful misunderstanding, then the people who are really extremely far away from us, I think that their voices will, well, I believe, I hope, that their voices will become less important and less influential, even if we can't actually get them to be logical. Well, what are the limits then of, of logic? I mean, where, where is it that logic can't help us? Logic alone can't help us with things like emotions and people, people's feelings. And you may have had this experience yourself. I certainly have where, for example, I used to be very afraid of flying despite all the statistics and all the evidence telling me that it was much safer than driving in a car. I still was just viscerally terrified when every time the plane took off. And there was no way I was going to be able to overcome that with logic by itself. And especially with, with a strong emotion like fear, I think it's quite futile to try and just use logic to overcome that and set out the probabilities and the evidence. And so I think the more we try and do that, then the less it will help because people tend to get entrenched in their fear because they want to be validated. And so at that point, we need to use empathy in conjunction with logic, I think, to really understand why where that fear is coming from. And that, in a way, is about understanding their own logic because there is always a reason for it. And I found that reason myself for my fear of flying and I managed to overcome it. So to me, that's a great personal example. And there are other examples where we're trying to convince somebody else where if we simply throw logic at them, then we're pitting logic and emotions against each other in a battle that I don't think logic can win. And they don't have to be in a battle against each other. We can use them together. And I think that's really important. Isn't it often the case that uh, people will just appeal to emotion uh, winds up just being sort of a stronger mover than logic? Yes, but I don't, think that's, I don't think that that's just a terrible thing. I think that we can learn from it and learn how to use emotions to persuade people of the things that we think are logically true as well. Often, it's people using emotional manipulation for nefarious ends such as for viral, viral videos that don't turn out to be true or advertising campaigns where they don't present you the facts about the product, they try and manipulate you into really wanting it. And of course, politics is a ripe source of cases of emotional manipulation. And instead of just saying emotional manipulation is terrible, I think that maybe the people who want to be logical and scientific should learn how to win over, I wouldn't say manipulate, but win over people emotionally because the logic isn't doing it by itself. How, how do you think anyone can sort of become better at constructing logical argument, being better at picking apart arguments? Well, 
oh, there's this great book that I just heard about. So that's why I wrote this book to to help with that. And I think that one of the problems with the education system is that so many people are really put off math in school that they kind of get allergic to anything that looks a bit like math. And logical arguments and the unpicking of them can look a bit like math because ultimately it is math. And the discipline of math, especially abstract math, can seem very removed from normal life, where you strip away details to get really to the core of an argument. But in the book, I show many real examples of how I do that and gain a lot of clarity about those examples. So the first thing is to persuade people that it's going to be worthwhile. And then the next thing that we should do is overhaul the whole education system so that we can try not to put people off math and science so much. It doesn't matter if if people aren't good at it. And we know that not everyone is going to become a professional mathematician. But if a whole load of people become adults and actually hate math and uh, want to run away from it every time they see it, then that is, is quite an obstruction to people being able to have logical arguments. Your past work, you're currently a science and resident at School of Art Institute, you're a pianist. I mean, you've, you've had a career of combining art and logic in a way. Yes, I think that um, one of the things I talk about at the end is how when logic and emotions work together, then I think that's a, a very powerful form of intelligence. Logic by itself, you can deduce loads of things and you can sit in a room proving loads of math. But if you can't then communicate it to anyone in the world, then it's not clear to me exactly what you've done. And you can be very emotionally powerful, but then if you can't construct arguments to back up the things that you think, then you, you also might not be quite so powerfully intelligent. So I think when they work together, they can actually create a virtuous circle because you can use empathy to understand why somebody else is thinking the way they are. And that helps us to understand their logic. But then we can use logic also to help us empathize with people. Because if we can carefully unpack each step of the logic little by little, and this is what the discipline of math helps us to do. It says, strip away the external details and unpack very small sets of logic one by one so that we're not trying to follow a whole argument at once. And in that way, we can strip away the emotional content that we might be very upset about. And so, for example, if someone is going on a tirade against me that seems to be very racist or very sexist or something, then it will get me upset very quickly. But if I just follow the steps of their logic by themselves without thinking about the emotions, that's a form of abstraction. And it's kind of actually using abstract mathematical techniques to help me empathize with other people. Uh, Well, we are running slightly out of time. I'm just curious if maybe you have some final words regarding the art of logic in an illogical world. I think it can be tempting to say, oh, it's hopeless. Oh, we're never going to be able to change things. And I would say, first of all, it's true that I am an optimist, and that's why I'm in education, because you have to believe that things can be better to be an educator. And secondly, that I think that if we just declare that it's hopeless, then of course it will be hopeless, because if we don't try and do anything about it, then nothing will happen about it. And it's tempting to say there's nothing we can do about it as a way, I think, of not having to take any responsibility for taking action. But I think we have to, we must all work hard not to just stay in echo chambers all the time and actually believe that it is possible to do this better. Well, we were just talking with Dr. Eugenia Chang. She is the author of The Art of Logic in an Illogical World. And uh, Dr. Chang, I want to thank you very much for joining us today on the Karaksa Science Show. Thanks for having me. 
And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.groks.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking.